Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, brought to you, as always, by our presenting sponsor, ZipRecruiter. You know what's not smart? Doing anything against the Chiefs just doesn't work anymore. The Chiefs are going to have 900 points this year. You know what else isn't smart? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. Luckily, there's a smart way at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. They find people with the right skills for your job and actively invite them to apply right now. My listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, SeatGeek is the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, World Series. They have a lot of tickets. Boy, are they pricey. Red Sox Dodgers. Turns out that's an expensive World Series. Who would have thought? Oh, everybody. For $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or sporting event, use promo code BS, download the SeatGeek app, or go right to SeatGeek.com. We're also brought to you by The Ringer.com, where you can find all the best writing about basketball and football and pop culture and the baseball playoffs and you name it. We have it. Check it out. Check out The Ringer Podcast Network. We are announcing a new podcast this week. It may or may not involve the word movies. Hmm. Interesting. And then coming up this week, have a bunch of good stuff. I might do four podcasts this week. How about that? I get a lot of NBA thoughts. I watched a lot of basketball last couple of days. Be ready for that. Be ready for the cuz. He's coming up. He's heartbroken about the Cowboys. What are the odds? What year is this? First, Pearl Jim. All right, on the line right now, his fantasy team is 0-7. His real team blew yet another game at the tail end as his coach clapped sadly on the sidelines. He hates football. He hates life. It's Cousin Sal. Woo! <laughs> Hold on, you? you can't forget. You can't forget the fact that I had the over in that Chiefs game, and it was uh, I needed three points in 12 minutes and couldn't get it. Needed one point, actually. Oh, wow. Because yeah. the Chiefs yeah. kind of turtled, right, with the 45-10 to 10 lead? They turtled. They they had fourth and four from the 15, and instead of kicking a field goal because that would be rubbing it in, they uh, went for it and didn't kneel down. They went for it and got stopped, and then Cincinnati brought their backup unit in. So that was good. I love how rubbing it in is bad, but patronizing the other team is somehow a lot more flattering right. and better. It makes people feel better. We, right. We're killing you so badly, we're going to deviate from what we do all the time and to just <laughs> because we, we're taking pity on you. Right. I don't exactly. know. Uh, I don't know where to begin, Sal. But let's begin well, we, here. We made money, right? Yeah, we made money. That was good. We almost. I almost swept the day. I didn't do picks on Friday because I just have have no feel for the season anymore. But over the course of the weekend, rallied back. And why did I rally back, Sal? Because you and I looked at each other about four weeks ago, and we said this happens maybe once a decade. Let's parlay and tease the Rams with everything every single week. Yep. Until we get burned. And it has been our own version of a Ponzi scheme. It's like the Billionaire Boys Club, that movie that they'll, they'll do every few years about the uh, mm-hmm. the Ponzi scheme kids. We are Ponzi scheming the living shit out of the Rams. And every week it pays <laughs> off. God bless you, Los Angeles Rams. This is great, right? They're great. You know, Throw the Chiefs in there, too. They have not, not covered this year yet, right? Yep. They're 7-0. Yep. But, yeah, we had the Rams and Rams Colts with everything else. 
Right. Rams money line, Colts money line. I wasn't going to go near the Colts. And then you texted me, this could be our last chance ever to bet against Eric Anderson. And yeah. I was like, oh, what a great way. <laughs> I'm in. What a great way to seduce me. I was and so then excited. On top, on top of that, we, we caught the Pats. What were they? They were, were they up seven? I think it was right after the punt return. No, no, it, no, the, it was halftime. No, we bet, we bet them at halftime. They were That's favored. Right. We bet them at halftime with the Vikings because we knew they weren't going to lose to the Jets. And that was a winner too. Sometimes it works out. No, you did that one without me. I did the Pats and the Rams. You jumped out. You did a separate. Oh, Vikings right. Okay. Up. But, oh, all right. but all right. the Pats were up four and they were minus 300 on the money line. And we, we teased it. We also did something all the years we've been betting. I can never remember us doing this before. And this is a kudos to the Rams. Once again, we were going to bet. I wanted to bet the Chiefs. The Chiefs were like minus seven tonight, right? So the money line was, I don't know, minus like two, six. six. And, a half. Yep. and I was like, man, it would be nice to just be able to throw them with the Rams. Oh, the Rams are playing next week. We'll just do that. I didn't even know who they were playing, what the line was. Looked it up. They were playing the Packers. We hadn't done guess the lines yet. I sent you my guess for Packers-Rams, which I guessed seven and a half. Uh, mm-hmm. you, what did you guess, seven? I, I guessed seven, and it opened at nine. So the money so line I was win a that higher one. than we would have liked. Right, yeah. so I won that one. So I'm already up one nothing heading to guess yeah, the lines later. But... <laughs> So we tea, we parlayed the Chiefs with the Rams in a six and a half point tease. It was the first time I ever remember betting next week's games before Sunday night's game because I was just so excited to get one more crack at the Rams before Vegas is going to figure this out. I think they're just going to artificially inflate the Rams soon. This is probably our last chance, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. And they've already figured out the over-unders because the unders, I think, were three and nine today with their 12 games. Yeah. So- they're 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 working it out. They're not gonna they're not gonna be left in the lurch. That's for sure. This is the year that uh, not just in football but in basketball as well. Because basketball, the pace the pace is all screwed up this year. And mm-hmm. I thought it was because there was this new offensive rebounding dual, uh, rule that if you get an offensive rebound, the shot clock starts at fourteen seconds. But did a little research, and uh, and was told that that was pretty negligible for the most part. But Whatever's happening, games are going over. Like the Pelicans are playing with this crazy pace this year, much like the Chiefs. They're just like boom, 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 putting up points. But you've seen all over the place things hitting overs. And now in football, I don't even know what what do they do in college football when like when they added the um the overtime and it screwed up the overs. How did they remedy that? How'd they fix it? I think they just added like a half a point or a point, knowing that, you know, one out of every 10 or 12 games goes to overtime. So so what are they, they doing in the go, NFL? Can't go too crazy. What are, so what are they doing with the overs this season in the NFL? Because I don't do overs, so I don't know what, I don't know what the market's been. The NFL, it's just, um, it, it's evened out, but more, more overs had hit uh, leading into this week. But um, like I said, this three and nine or whatever it was, we'll bring it back down to normal. I mean, they made that 57. That it, we're seeing like some in the 60s. Yeah. Some of these, you know, even the Saints, or um, why would you bet under with the Saints? And that, that went under today, 24-23, that was 49. So some of the darling teams to bet over aren't getting there. Rams were <laughs> over 52 when it was 39-10. Well, so they're pretty careful with it now. This is all distracting us from my number one story of the weekend, Go which ahead. I have not talked to you about. I think the Patriots what? are the lovable underdog of the 2018 season. That be. We have a 41-year-old QB. He's 41, yeah. Sal. 
He's seven uh, years younger than I am. He's 41 years old. Our all pro tight end is basically on his last legs. It's just about over at this point, it feels like. And he didn't even play today. They have uh, the star running, the star receivers are former seventh rounder Julian Edelman. Chris Hogan basically picked off, uh, just signed from another team, is never anybody special. And then Josh Gordon who's like the all-time reclamation project. I He's not even running full speed. I don't know whether he's winded from years of whatever he was doing or whatever, but he had a breakaway, breakaway catch today. He wasn't even going full speed. We are on, uh, I think, our third running back, but we had both first-round picks this year. It looks like they're out for the year. I think Sony Michelle, that did not look good. I'm assuming he's out for the year. They already lost Isaiah Wynn. They yeah, lost uh, Duke Dawson, who they picked 56, who's supposed to be the slot re- slot receiver this year. And they lost Bentley, who is a middle linebacker. All f- all top four, all four of their picks in this year's draft are gone. They lost the Spygate pick. I They have like guys on the defense. They had cornerbacks today. J.C. Jackson. It's like this guy's, <laughs> this guy's involved in multiple plays. I, I didn't even know who he was three weeks ago. Um Sal, this is incredible. It's emotional. It reminds me of Hoosiers. Why aren't people talking about the Pats as one of the lovable underdogs of our lifetime? Sorry, I left to uh, to trim my sideburns. What, were you saying something there? I, I, I took, took a couple minutes off there. They're not lovable. They're, not, they're never going to be loved. Josh Gordon's in there, so they're lovable. That guy's lovable. Belichick's lovable. We have to find a different adjective because I don't think that's going to stick. Who's... Kyle, what was the name of the running back we had today? Barney? Barnwell? Barnes, Bar- Barnes, Barnes Door or something? Bar- Bar- Barn was in the name. Barn- Barney? Bar- Barnum or something. Barnum? Barnum? P.T. Barnum? P.T. Barnum. Yeah. Barner? No, it was Barner. Barner, maybe. Barner. Barner, right. All right. 28-year-old uh, lifelong practice squad running back who apparently was on the Eagles for the last three years. Just cranking out four or five-yard runs the second half today. Why? Because when you're on an underdog, everybody steps up, Sal. You saw the movie Miracle, right? <laughs> this is not the underdog. No, you saw They're Miracle, right? AFC. Remember, remember when uh remember when in Miracle, the first hour, like that team, the rag ragtag, lovable oh bunch God. of underdogs and Herb Brooks, and they're playing the Russians, they get killed in the exhibition game, but they just banded together. They didn't care about the obstacles, they didn't care about the odds, they didn't care about the injuries. It was like who was in that locker room? That that those were their brothers and their teammates, and that's what I'm feeling with this Patriots team. They're now five and two, and they have five games left in the AFC East, including two against the Bills, two against the Jets. With their geriatric QB is no backup. He has no weapons at all. We've we've basically thrown away the entire 2018 draft. We don't <laughs> spend money on free agents. We, both of our our lead assistant coaches left. Sam, I'm, I'm welling up. I'm I'm honestly emotional. I can't believe well, this. Well, I'm glad you're emotional. I really, really hope you're not jinxing your team right now. I really, really hope that's I, not the case. There's no jinxing at all. I'm marveling at what a remarkable underdog story this is. Okay. Has been. All right. What can we can get this? the Red Sox talk out of the way too, just so we could proceed with the like, like no. real sport football sports talk? The Red Sox are not an underdog. They had the highest payroll in Major League Baseball. Oh, okay. The all Patriots right. have basically thrown away the NFL draft. And they're still going to go 13 and three. And why, Sal? Because of chemistry, because of heart, because of determination, because of moxie. That's what's going on here. <laughs> you don't think of the Pats as underdogs. I know. That was a big win. That was a good win. A lot of the 
smart people gambling took the Bears plus two or plus mm, two and a half. And it sure never did. really made sense. It never made sense at all. And, you know, like once you got that kick return for a touchdown, once you got that punt, uh, what was it, that block punt for a touchdown? Yeah. Well, how else did you score? Stupid way. Yeah. Cordero Patterson, you know, another Patterson, guy. Uh, he's on the scrap heap. The Vikings just said, we don't want you anymore. He said, yeah. no, he had nowhere to play. He comes to this yeah. ragtag Cinderella story group of underdogs. And all of a sudden, he's, he's returning a kick for a touchdown. I hated that game. I hated it. Mitch Trubisky throws, overthrows like 20 receivers, like crazy. 20 passes in a row. And then the Hail Mary, he underthrows by three yards. Otherwise, they're going to overtime. That was fun to watch. The Patriots, I think Bortles and Trubisky probably threw for 800 yards combined and ran for 180 yards against us. They had by far their two best games. I think Trubisky had probably the greatest meaningless stats game I've ever seen in my life. As you said, I'm going to say he he sailed the ball over 12 guys. Would you say over or under if I said 12 and you had to guess the exact number, would you go over or under No, I think that's 12? about right. Right. I think it was about three or quarter. He, he, he overthrew. And the guys were lot. open. Yeah, <laughs> like Trey Burton had a good game and Trey Burton also could have had another 150 yards because he was open on every play. Uh, I don't know what they were doing. They didn't send Tariq Cohen into uh, on screen passes or wheel routes until the second half. I don't know what what they're waiting for. They didn't run Jordan Howard up the middle, and Trubisky bailed them out time and time again by being able to scramble because nobody on this lovable ragtag Patriots underdog team can. None of the linebackers can run a, a forty yard dash in under five point oh. So mm-hmm. every time Trubisky needed, it didn't matter fifteen yards, he could go scramble and get it and yet uh it just wasn't enough yeah he just never should have thrown i wonder what it would have been if he didn't throw at all like what how the score would have been. but you're not going to beat the patriots with a, if they have a punt return touchdown or block punt and a and a kickoff return touchdown wasn't he kyle wasn't he wasn't he 10 for 25 at one point yeah it was it was a laughable stat I yeah there was something we just started laughing <laughs> just they pointing at the, the tv stat. and laughing he finished 26 for 50 for 333 yards, but like yeah. 58 of them came on that Hail Mary at the end. He threw two picks, but I don't know. Did you watch the whole game? I The Pats dropped at least three picks with that yeah. were just right to them, and he really could have had five. And uh, I don't know. It was weird. It never felt like the Pats were in danger. That's why we uh, bet on them at halftime, but. Well, now you go to the Bills on Monday night, and it's a whole different story. Oh, no, the same story. <laughs> it's one by 30. Well, Barner, Barner will be in there. We'll see what he has. <laughs> what was Barner's first name? Ken, Ken John. It's Ken, Ken John. Or Ken, Ken John Barner. Ken John? Ken John Barner. He could be our new Morgan. Jonas Gray. The Sony Michelle thing was a bummer because he he was really starting to, to look good. And... um a 300-pound nose tackle fell on him and made his leg go in a direction that it wasn't supposed to go. So that was great. All right, let's- you had like seven. You have four receivers with seven targets, and that's just it. That, that's all you need from Brady, right? You don't need anything more than that. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that that not having Gronk in there actually opened things up a little bit more. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it, they're just afraid to run certain routes with him at this point. He's He's basically... Very occasionally we go straight down the middle, but most of the time it's a little short stuff and stuff that he's not going to get hit. Let's uh, let's talk about your team, the Dallas Cowboys, which um, an emotional comeback. They're down ten. 
there's like under three minutes left. It there yeah. was forty different ways Jason Garrett was going to screw this up from a like the video game standpoint of, you know, they got under the two minutes. They're inside the ten. I thought for sure they were going to do the thing where they called a timeout to stop the clock or all the dumb things the team can do that doesn't know what they're doing. Romo picking apart Dak the whole drive. I don't know if you noticed, but no. Oh no, yeah. No. Oh no. man. Oh, that was rough. He was no, no. The whole game, he was talking about the. No, he was, he was. Uh, well, maybe he was a little bit. Who is? Who are the people who replaced Jimmy and Adam on the Man Show? It was Rogan and it was Doug Stanhope and uh, Joe Rogan? It was like watching that version of the Man Show with Jimmy the following year as he picked apart the sketches. That's, I think he basically said he just needs to be a little more accurate, which everyone's saying that. That's not. That's not. A big I was deal. pointing out how he should have lucked off the safety and. I I yeah. felt like it was critical. It was awkward. It made me feel awkward, so. Well, I, I, everything was weird. Everything was awkward because the Cowboys somehow had three timeouts with two minutes left in the game. I mean, that never happened. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I thought there was a mistake. I was going to call CBS and yeah. say, hey, there's you have a mistake on your graphic. Jason Garrett right. has all three timeouts. And yet, you know, it, like you said, it, it fell apart anyway because it was a different kind of bad clock management. They They played very conservative down the stretch, setting up for that field goal. Well, wait, hold on. Go backwards. So. Yeah, they score the TD miraculously. That yeah. was the first upset that they somehow scored in the right amount of time. Right. They kicked off. They get stops on the first two downs. Third down, Alex Smith scramble like a moron. He runs out of bounds. So now Let, you have let's a go timeout. Back one, one second, I would I would have gone side kick there. Oh, interesting. Down three, down three with three timeouts. You need to stop anyway, right? And I know the percentage is about ten or fifteen percent, but onside kick there. I was okay you know. with it because I didn't feel like Washington could move the ball on you. All right. So, but, then, but then onside kick it anyway. I don't know. All right, go ahead. So Alex Smith was terrible because he stayed in bed. He, he, he ran, ran out, out of bounds. He could have yeah, slid. He runs out of bounds. So now you get the ball back. Dak makes a big play. You, you Completion to the 37, 52 seconds left. You still have one timeout. Mm-hmm. Dak strolls to the line like it's the second quarter of, of the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. 20 seconds runs off. <laughs> they don't use the timeout, which I, sure. Okay. Don't use the timeout. Um, <laughs> just let's, let's get rid of 20 seconds for no That's reason. That's so stupid. I know. Goes back to pass, throws it over the middle to Beasley for six yards for no uh-huh. reason. Hey, my whole thing is like Rogers, Brady, whoever, like Rivers, what would they do in this situation? I promise they're not throwing the six yarder over the middle. Um, Beasley uh-huh. goes down. Everybody kind of stops. All of a sudden, there's 12 seconds left, but they still have the timeout. Mm-hmm. What do they do? They hike the ball frantically as soon as the whistle blows. So he, he actually could have right. gotten them off sides. Yeah, could have clocked it. It was it was only second down. Mm-hmm. Um, Hand it off immediately to LA. He goes three yards. Then let the clock run down to three seconds. Then they get the weird penalty, which I'm still not sure how that's a penalty. And suddenly the guy's kicking a 52-yarder that's being snapped at the 35, which is two yards further than they were 50 seconds before. Right. And he and then he hits the post because, of course, he did. And that's it. And that game probably cost you the playoffs. Well, and they and that LP led this there. Like, he, he's been snapping for 14 years, and he claims he does, and he does do it the, the same way every time. He just tilts the ball at a weird angle, so it looks yeah. like he's moving it. But whatever, whether he does or not, he's never called for it. And then they call it, like, I don't know what they were thinking to call it. And then, of course, the, 
the kick just hits the upright would have been good otherwise. And that's going to be the story. It's not going to be how Jason Garrett mismanaged the time or how Dak Prescott was off to such a slow start. I mean, 22 for 35 for 273, and almost all of it was garbage time. That, those are not good numbers. And that their offensive woes on the road are just it's insurmountable, it's, I think. It's the, it was the same issue I had with the Browns. I shouldn't be able to guess on my couch what play an NFL team is about to run. Right. Yeah. The Browns, it was like they just handed off to Nick Chubb on first down every single time. And then it was mm-hmm. second and nine. And then Baker would go back to pass. They would blitz him. He would either eat the ball or he'd throw it away. And then it was third and nine, third and 14. Dallas was the same thing. You just kind of knew what they were going to do. The only time they're unpredictable is when they're 10 points down with three minutes left. And then yeah. Prescott has to like freelance. It makes you wonder why not just play that way the whole time. But somehow the Redskins are four and two. So. Explain yeah, that right. to me. How are the Redskins four and two? They have a game and a half lead in the NFC East already. I don't know how they do it. And I don't know. Oh, is this the Adrian Peterson we see every week where he hovers around a hundred yards? Because if it is, they are a decent team and they're going to win nine or maybe even God forbid, 10 games in the, in the NFC East. Well, strange, strange goings on there. Plus they're well positioned for the future with Alex Smith and Adrian Peterson. I mean, that's mm-hmm. takes you well into the 2020s. <laughs> I have a question for you. Yeah. Can you find six playoff teams in the NFC? Uh, I'll, I'll spot you some. All right. Well, so, but okay. I can't pick an NFC East team. All right. So I'm going to give you the Rams, Vikings, and I'm going to give you the Saints, and I'll even give you the Vikings if you want. So there's three. Okay. Can you, give, can you find three other playoff teams in the NFC? Well, uh, I can't pick the NFC East. I, I still can't pick the NFC East or well, the somebody's AFC coming, South. Someone's coming from the NFC East and so, and not necessarily from the NFC South because New Orleans is probably going to win that division. No, I was saying a- AFC South or NFC East, I can't pick. In fact, let, oh, let me sidetrack for a second. Yeah. You, if I have this bet, well, this future, like, uh, will every division winner win at least eight and a half games? Yeah, you're Who will you be more nervous about, the AFC South winner or the NFC East winner? I would say the South because they said during something I was watching late this afternoon that Houston was four and three. Yeah. And I immediately grabbed my iPad and went to the, went to the standings cause I just couldn't <laughs> believe it. And then I found out they had a four game winning streak. Four in a row. Yeah. All I do is watch football every Sunday and then prepare for this pod and the Friday pod. Like I follow what's going on. I, I was the last person who realized that Houston won four straight. It, that is the worst four game winning streak maybe ever. Their quarterback. Yeah, it seems like they just lost to the Patriots, and it seems like they just lost to the Giants at home. And I don't know how they're beating up on these other teams. I guess they're they're winning their division games, but yeah, I don't trust them. Did you as, see uh, their quarterback is so banged up? He they wouldn't allow him to fly in the team plane because he's got a bruised lung and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. So he had to drive for twelve hours to the game. That's a true story. Yeah. And, and that, then for what he had one hundred and thirty nine yards passing. One hundred and thirty nine four game winning streak. So. The NFC, you figure somebody wins the NFC, so there's one. Mm-hmm. Minnesota Vikings. I put the Panthers. I'd, I'd give the Panthers a, a, one of those spots. The Panthers have fallen behind now, I think, three different times by double digits second half where they had to rally back just to kind of, you know, make it competitive late. Like, uh-huh. I, they, it's not like they're kicking ass, I guess is my point. No, um, that's a good win, though. In no, Philly, today, this, today was a great win. But I, I feel like 
don't you didn't you feel like the Eagles lost that game more than Carolina won that? Like when you're yeah, up seventeen sure, nothing at home, it, that's embarrassing. It, it, you still think their defense is, is solid there? That that's weird to score twenty one that late in the game. Yeah, that that's fair. Good. I would I say the NFC East team and the second wild card are very very hard to pick right now. So could it be here are the candidates? Can we all agree there's not going to be two NFC East playoff teams? Can we? Yeah, I think it's from the. I'm starting to think it's from the North, the second team. So it could be. The, so Packers, Detroit, Chicago. I have no idea. I, I got to say, at gunpoint, I might pick Chicago because I don't think they should have yeah. lost that Miami game, and they should be four and two. Mm-hmm. Carolina, maybe. I guess we can't cross off Seattle yet. Amazingly. Now they still have uh, two or three games against Arizona and San Francisco. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, and they already have three wins, so I think uh, I think we could see an eight or a nine win team in the NFC. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was possible. I thought that six seed was going to get ten or eleven wins, but um, Packers are tough because they have this bye, and then they play at the Rams and at New England. Right. That, I mean, had they lost to San Francisco last Monday, that might have been their season. I I was equally impressed that Carolina fought back. I. Always get scared when teams get in a habit of falling behind and then coming back. Mm-hmm. Would be the only thing I would watch out for with them. Hey, let's talk about uh, our friends from Crown Royal. They're doing pretty something pretty cool this football season. They launched a responsible drinking program called the Water Break. It's all about encouraging people to hydrate between drinks for a better experience, whether at the game, watching at home, or in a bar, or if you're Adam Carolla. Have a great time. Enjoy some crown. Just don't be that person that ruins it for everyone. We've all seen that guy who drank too much watching the game. Make the right call and take a water break. So, Sal, who made the right call this week? You know, we get on kickers and we get on coaches all the time. And then, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm ready to admit when I'm wrong. And I was wrong when I was calling Dirk Cutter every name in the book for strutting Chandler Catanzaro on the field for a 59, appeared to be 60-yard field goal. Mm. After minutes before, missing a 40-yard field goal, that would have won it in regulation. And I'm thinking, this is insane. The Browns are going to get the ball at midfield. They're going to be 20 yards away from a field goal. Why are they trying a 59-yarder? And what did he do? Nailed it right down the middle with five, six yards to spare. So I give Dirk Cutter and Chandler Catanzaro my my water break uh, duo of the week. Is that what we want to call it? Yeah, that sounds fine. I, uh, I that that field goal hurt my feelings because I really like the Browns. I root for them every week, and I feel like I'm I'm rooting for like a car in a race that has some sort of uh, like a flat tire or something. Oh yeah, it's like Fast and Furious, but Vin Diesel's car is only has three tires instead of four, and. Hugh Jackson is the flat tire in this scenario. In case, in case I almost, I think, I almost wonder if that's why they brought the kicker out in that situation. Like, yeah, this is probably, percentage-wise, this is not a good move. But, hey, we're playing the Browns and Hugh Jackson. This is how they lose. <laughs> and, it, and it really paid off. <laughs> the guy has two wins. Two they, wins in two and a half years. That would be pretty cool if they, they factored that in, just Hugh Jackson's bad luck. <laughs> uh, On the chart. My right call this week. So, my son had a baseball doubleheader today. Early in the morning, eight o'clock, had set the alarm for like six forty, quick shower, woke him up, he got dressed, he's great. He gets dressed in three minutes. Driving to the game and football was on because the London game was on. My right call of the week is whoever thought of the London game. I love the oh, London good. game. We talk yeah. about it every year. 
I wish there was a London game every Sunday. I like, especially in the West Coast, I like waking up and football's already on. I think it's fantastic. I wish there was more. So that leads me to this email that I got from, from Aaron Fox, reader named Aaron Fox. Isn't it a no-brainer to have Oakland move to London for 2019? <laughs> so they have no place to play next year, right? Oh, I see. Yeah. They were thinking about playing in maybe San Diego, playing like this lost, stupid year in Oakland, like this year in limbo, or playing in UNLV Stadium. Why not just move operations to London for a year? We'd get eight, eight Raiders home games. Wow. I'm in. That's pretty good. Could they just move to London and not play football? Could we just be rid of them, like altogether? Or they <laughs> and have to and they just accurate? never come back. Yeah, yeah. I guess they could do them? that. I, I'll find out. I, I didn't think. I didn't think about it. That write them back. Write yeah. Aaron Fox back. Let me. Let me do more research. Uh, anyway, that's the right call. Crown Royal reminds everyone this football season to take a water break and hydrate responsibly. Boy, those are good. Boy, that Dan Sandbarn has to be happy with that. With that water, yeah, he loves that. We're we're killing it. <laughs> he should send us like some some crown royal in the mail and a thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> speaking of uh, of killing it, your fantasy team is now zero and seven. There's only six weeks left in the season for you. I can never ever remember anyone going zero for thirteen in any fantasy league I've been in. What's funny is you can check out the total points scored and points against. Mm-hmm. And your point, you've actually put up points this year. You've either had bad luck or I don't know what's going on, but I'm starting to smell it. Oh, and seven, like you're not that far away. Can you do this? We, I lost the John Ham's team, the handsome team, John Ham and Trevor. Well, it gets and worse the, than that. It, t- the best part of this is I was up 32 to nothing. Yeah. With Denver's defense. Oh yeah. 32, nothing. You had 32 points for Denver. Yeah. It gets worse though. I think it even gets worse than that because he started Joe Flacco this week against you. Yeah. It's almost like an automatic loss when you when you have Joe Flacco as your quarterback and yet he put right. up 22 points and it worked out great and he's beating you handily. You're losing 101 to 67. Only 6 weeks left. You have Matt Ryan, Zeke Elliott, Mark Ingram, Julian Edelman, Robbie Anderson, Didi Westbrook. No, hold on, hold on. I have the uh, I have Ryan that granted these guys never seem to play together. I was going to get Ryan, to the guys. Yeah. Ryan Elliott Ingram, Edelman, Devontae Adams, Juju Smith-Schuster, and your beloved Gronk. Right. So, what, what did I do? Did I? Where did I screw up there? Deion Lewis. You have T.J. Yeldon. Whatever those six names I named. That 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 that's criminal. That I have no wins. I want to be the greatest team to go zero thirteen. I think I could do it. You know who doesn't make excuses? New England Patriots. <laughs> No, Belichick right now could be like, I had, I had my draft. Everyone's gone. But I get right. I need to figure out how to cheat. I have to get in this engine. I have to change everyone's lineup. <laughs> I have to figure I have to do it the Patriots way. Well, we had somebody cheat in our league. <laughs> Jamie Egan and Tall John traded for Todd Gurley. They gave up Sony Michelle, who now looks like he's out for the season. Marshawn mm-hmm. Lynch, who I think got hurt as soon as the trade got called in. And David Johnson, who died a year and a half ago. And that's what they had to give up for Todd Gurley, who is going to break 30 touchdowns this year. And it seems like they actually want him to get the record. Like they Todd were, Gurley is minus 400 to score every Sunday. And that that's as good as betting the Rams. 
every week. Unbelievable. To win. We should jump on that. They have they have a chance to have a guy with 30 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Have they covered every week? No, they didn't cover against them. They didn't cover one of those, right? Who they just won by three. Uh oh the the, the tight the back they got backdoor covered, right? Broncos, right? Yeah. Last week. They've covered yeah. every tease, obviously, because they because they haven't lost yet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what a run. Yeah. They're my they're my they're gambling MVPs of uh they're good. They don't get tripped up at all. They really yeah. don't. Like Goff threw twenty four times today. Gurley ran fifteen times, and somehow they they smoked San Francisco. They closed at thirty nine ten. Yeah, it could have been worse. And then uh, the other thing we should talk about. Did we talked enough about Hugh Jackson versus Dirk Cutter? I I really enjoyed it. I I love watching the Browns. They do things I've never seen before. I have full confidence that they're going to make the wrong decision in almost every situation. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really incredible to watch. Every game is close. Um, if, it, they, if you want to watch a team take the sack at the worst possible time to knock them out of field goal range, that's your team. It's just, it's really amazing. It's somebody should be editing their entire season into like a one hour documentary that we could then <laughs> show to prospective coaches on things not to do. Almost like, when you're when you're getting your driver's license and they show that car accident documentary, yeah, just all the terrible things that can happen when you drink and drive. That should be Hugh Jackson and the and the Browns, like all the terrible right. things you can do when you're coaching a football team. Don't do this. Don't do this. Right? They park a car that looks like an accordion in front of your school <laughs> to teach you not to drink and drive. Right. But yeah. Right. That that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah that would be. Well, that. I have I have Hugh Jackson and Dirk Cutter as first coach to get fired. I was like, oh, well, it's got to be one of these two. Oh uh, wow. Before old- before O'Brien was in the mix and now O'Brien's winning the division, but I'm starting to think that nobody's going to get fired. Is anyone going to get fired this year? I, I, your coach obviously isn't getting fired. It's week eight already. No, he'll never, he'll never go. He must have a video on his cell phone. That's like the single most incriminating video anyone's ever had on a cell yeah, phone. I can't imagine what it is that we don't already know about Jerry Jones, but love to see it. It's crazy. Yeah. The Browns, the thing is like, if you, even if you fired Hugh Jackson, you're going to replace him with Todd Haley or Greg Williams. Like that, right. that would almost be worse. It's not like those guys are lighting it up. But um, don't you want to send a message for anybody who has two wins in two and a half years? Did you hear what I just said? Two wins in two and a half years. <laughs> so insane. They had some stat. Um, the Browns fall to two ten and one in games within a three-point margin under Hugh Jackson since 2016. Mm. That's the worst win percentage, 192, of any team in the NFL in that time. 2-10-1 and one within I'm a three-point margin. Good, but I guess they, I guess they do have That was wins. my reaction as well. I, I thought it was going to be like minus 3, 19, and 2 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I, somehow he won two three-point games? I don't remember that. You know, I guess they beat the Bill. I don't know. Was he the coach then? I don't know what the hell's going on with this team. I don't know. I mean, he almost had a reprieve because there was some really bad coaching. You talked about that London game. Yeah. Some bad and, – and I feel bad for uh, Rabel because I don't mind going for it there for the two-point conversion because it looked like the Chargers' defense was gassed. Yeah. But uh, I don't like that play call at all. You got you to give Mariota an option to run it himself, especially after missing the first one, which came back on a penalty. You know, we see this situation come up from time to time and people always attack it in a vacuum because that this is what happened 
that the first time the, the when the Pats went for it on fourth and two in like 2008 or 2009 against the Colts on their own 28, and they didn't get it. And it started that whole advanced metrics thing. Remember, they they turned it over, the Colts scored, they lost the game. And people are like, that's actually the right move. They had a better chance. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. But they, they ran a shitty play. Uh-huh. Like, like, you've got to remove the stats out of this if you're going to run like this this little like out pass over Kevin Fox's shoulder with a linebacker right on him. Like that was right. a stupid play. It's hard to convert that. And I felt the same way about, about today. Like I'm all for right, going for it for the two pointer to win the game, but not if my QB is Marcus Mariota and not if I'm Tennessee who had 13 points up until two seconds before that play. You know, I, I just didn't have confidence that they were going to get two yards. Well, I just thought the Chargers defense was done. And, and you know, the, the more inept coach was Anthony Lynn for not calling timeouts. So the Tennessee has no timeouts and there's a minute 40 left and they let Tennessee drain the clock. It's now, he crazy. didn't know they were going to go for two, but at worst comes to worst. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a tie and you want to give rivers a minute 40 to come down and kick the field goal the other way. But no, Anthony yeah. Lynn let it go all the way down and he was rewarded for bad, bad coaching. I actually think the chargers are good in spite of Anthony Lynn. There are only too. two losses are to the Rams and chiefs, right? And they're five and two and they were missing Melvin Gordon and they're missing Bosa who comes back week nine. I think they're going to make some noise there. I also think they're good. And I, I think Phil rivers, if, if Mahomes wasn't the all-time prodigy we've ever had at the QB position, um, I think Rivers would be in the MVP discussion. Yeah. He's he's connecting on deep balls this year, which has been hit or miss with him over the last few years. There's some really good – like, I wouldn't know who to – you have Drew Brees, who's – Yeah, he's you know, been he's at 78% completion rate. He had 73 today, so he gave the, the Ravens a little bit of a break. Yeah. You have him. You have Gurley, who we talked about. It's going to be right around 30 touchdowns. And you have Mahomes, who everyone's talking about all year long. Like, I don't know. I don't remember a race this good in a while. Three-man race. And don't rule out Barner and the Pats. Because <laughs> he's finally getting his chance at age 28. Can't rule Barner out. Barner and Chandler Canzaro, they're in there. Can't rule out, uh, can't rule out Barner. Hey, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about FanDuel. Football season is well underway. And some of you out there have major regrets about your season-long fantasy teams. In fact, we're talking to one right now. The Cuz, he's 0-7. <laughs> what are you in your other league? I don't even want to say. I'm one in six. Oh, it's, well. the worst. it's the worst ever for me. It's well, really bad. At least you don't spend July and August doing mock drafts on ESPN with complete strangers <laughs> for seven straight weekends. Look, you should go right into Daily Fantasy. Over at FanDuel, you get the excitement of researching and building your team each week, regardless of the outcome. FanDuel has never been more fun or easy to play. I've been playing in the Gridiron Pick'em Contest every week and getting killed. It's a free contest. All you need to do is pick winners, no spreads. 10K split amongst the top pickers. You can do single entry contests. You can do things like I did where you have Nick Chubb and you have Latavius Murray and you have Adam sure. Thielen every week. Adam Thielen, I just, is a permanent entry in my uh, my DFS yeah. team. How could he not? Uh, He's a ton of money though, right? They've adjusted him to- Doesn't matter. You gotta have him. He, they throw to him 15 times a game. I've tried other DFS sites, and if you're not a fantasy expert, FanDuel clearly the place to play. Plus, new users get a $5 bonus when they make their first deposit. Come play with me. FanDuel.com slash 
BS. Let's do uh, let's do a little guess. How much? Lines. How much would my Fanduel team, my my actual fantasy team, Ryan Elliott, Ingram, Edelman, Adams, Schuster, and Gronk? What what would that be like? Twenty five thousand over the limit there. Yeah, you should probably put your real fantasy team into Fanduel to feel better about it. Just to see. Yeah, because yeah. it won't All be right. legal because it'll the salaries will be over. I think that'd right. be a good move. Okay, and that's where I'll, I'll start cheating. Yeah, that'll be my illegality right there. I forgot to. Uh, do you want to wait till we get to the Jags to talk about Blake Bortles? Let's wait. Whatever you want to do. Let's. Uh, I love talking about. Them. Let's let's go to the week, the week eight lines. Wow. Week eight. By the way, someone a few people said that I won last week. I that know. I chipped myself. And well, you I'm, won I'm anyway. Going, sorry, I'm counting it as a win because I would do it for you too. So you're th- we're three three and one going into week eight. I need this, Simmons. Come on. And you say the Patriots cheat. Oh, my God. <laughs> Cheated on your behalf. Oh, my God. All right. Four That's buys all. this week. Atlanta, Dallas, Chargers, and Tennessee. Yeah, you know, I'm going to miss the Chargers. I, I think they've been one of the most enjoyable mm-hmm. direct TV teams. Thursday night. No, they'll be back. They'll be back. Thursday night. The, the red-hot, bruised-lung Houston Texans. They are home. They're red hot. Their quarterback can't fly in a plane, but somehow they've won four straight. They're playing Miami, who uh, who had the heist. The heist was playing again. We watched we watched games today with Kyle's friend Demon, who mm-hmm. is a who's a huge Dolphins fan, right. and he actually made the case. Kyle heard it, so Kyle can Kyle can back me up. Made the case for Osweiler over Tannehill. It's not hard. It yeah. was incredible. <laughs> He's like, hey, he's like, here's why we're better off with Osweiler. To hear anyone say the words, we're <laughs> dot, 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 better off with Osweiler, it was flat out incredible. Um, it's not that incredible. We, well, I, 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 he would have me convinced in like 40 seconds. I don't even know. The we're guy. talking about Brock Osweiler. All right. Well, you try spending seven years with Tannehill. See how you feel, I think. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. It's been seven years. I can't believe that. The other thing that was funny was he was talking about how he wants to buy a Dolphins jersey, but he's afraid to get any of the guys they have now because he's not sure if any of them are going to be on the team. So That's he's asking funny. Kyle and I, like, do you think Kenny Stills is going to be in the Dolphins next year? Because I really like Kenny Stills. I think we wanted to get a custom one. And yeah, I was like, nah, then he's going to get custom. And, and uh, I was like, just get a throwback. Like, throwback guys can't get traded. I was like, just get Mark Duper. This is going to hurt your feelings, Sal. Mm-hmm. He, he, he says, I don't know who that is. Oh, no. That's how old we are, Sal. He had no uh, idea who Mark Duper was. Lifelong Dolphins uh, fan. But he's he only like 25. I know. That's, that's what I terrible. said. Duper and Clayton. I have uh, Houston favored by four at home against the Dolphins. Tell him to get Frank Gore. Maybe Frank Gore went to the Hall of Fame as a, as a Dolphin somehow. <laughs> he's, Just he hates the Ten Colts more years. And, uh, yeah. Niners. You mm. had minus four? Yeah. I have four and a half, and it's seven. Seven. <laughs> oh, no. That's a mistake. How is the, the the fact that both these teams are four and three is a mistake? Yeah, it's not great. Well, it's is Tannehill just gone? What what happened to him? See, he's just not going to come back. His jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this: We yeah. dance around this a lot, but yeah. we talk about when teams go down, when quarterbacks go down a certain amount of points, you've lost all confidence in them, right? Mm. So, like, what well, I want maybe our listeners can figure out a name for this. Like, uh, like I would put like Brady and let's take the second quarter. Like Brady's confidence number is 
17, I would say. When they get behind 17 in the second quarter, you start thinking, oh, maybe Brady can't take them back. What would you say, like, Trubisky's is and Osweiler's? Osweiler's, I think any bad quarterback, it's probably seven. You get nervous. I think with Bortles, it's three. Bortles is three. So Bortles is the If they don't score first, you feel like they he can't come back. Okay. But when he has the lead, he's he's like a different guy. But for some reason, if he's playing from behind, it's over. Well, I guess we'll get to them. But they have three. Well, I guess we're getting them right now, right? Jacksonville, you're doing the Sunday, uh, the London game? I, I think Derek Anderson is zero. He's zero. Yeah, because two hours <laughs> before the game, I felt like it was over and he couldn't bring them back. <laughs> It's when Derek Anderson is up 10 points, you're, you're, you're in a world of shit. Derek Anderson's warming up, and I feel like he can't bring them back. <laughs> we need to do We should have our power rating based on this. We should we should uh, script this out. I so think. who's who's the highest? Mahomes? Mahomes, he could be down 24. I feel like he'd come back. Nah, still your guy. I think it's still your guy. My guy in the ragtag underdog New England Patriots? Yeah, that, that dude. But I'd say Rodgers, too, is there, even before Breeze. Can you name our tight end today, Sal? Uh, who was it? It wasn't Aaron Hernandez. Oh, Jesus. Fuck. I don't know. God. I don't know anymore. What the hell who just happened? End? I'm sorry. God. I really screwed up. My Lord. We didn't have a tight end today, right? God, we didn't play a tight end today, right? It was probably Dwayne Allen's probably in there running around, right? But barely. Yeah. I think they just spread out with receivers. The truth is it wasn't a very memorable win for me. Once Barner was in there, they just wanted to spread who it out. Def- who Je- yeah, you're right. You didn't throw. You definitely no tight end caught a pass. No, actually, there was no no. They, you didn't throw to a tight end. Jay Devlin was the fullback. Yeah, Dorsett, Michelle Edelman, White, Hogan, and Gordon. That was it. Once Barner got out there, it's just like it's like a great artist. You just let him paint. Just give him a no. canvas. Give him the field to paint. Sunday <laughs> marquee, the Rams. God bless these dudes. I think this is the marquee game, but it's not just because of football, Sal. You have a Rams-Packers game starting, I think, an hour before the World Series. Uh-oh. Right? Or two hours? No, it'll start at one. F- oh, so I guess four hours. World Series will start at four or five? Game, Pacific game time. five. It'll, no, it'll be like a 520 uh, Pacific start. All right. right. So Rams, Packers, and then you also have um, World Series Game 5. There's Are also, you going to go to that game? You'll go. There's also an LA Kings game. Hmm. And there's a Clippers game. There's four professional sporting events. Wow. On the same day. Headlined, uh, if it wasn't for the World Series, by Rams, Packers. Todd Gurley versus Aaron Rodgers. I had the Rams 7.5. You had 7. Exactly. You got that. Yeah, it, it's eight and a half. It started at nine, and now it's down to eight and a half. And uh, our friend Ben Falks from ESPN pointed out that this is the biggest underdog that Aaron Rodgers has ever been as a starting quarterback. Ever? Ever. Holy mackerel. Um, it's a long time. I don't think this is the week the Rams lose. I don't think Green Bay's defense is good enough. I don't... It's. Do we, do we go through the Rams' schedule and see if they're going to lose? Should yeah, do let's this? do it because I don't think they don't get tripped up at all. They really don't. Because they've this already like three games in a row. You thought that maybe something weird happens now when you add weather to it. When do they leave? 
see. What do you mean? When do they leave? I'm trying to think. When do they? Do they go to a? They got lucky. They got. They played Denver early in the year. So. All right. So they got home for Green Bay at New Orleans. That's a tough mm-hmm. one. Home Seattle. Home Kansas City. November nineteenth, Monday. ESPN. That's actually in Mexico City. In Mexico City. Yep. Bye week at Detroit, at Chicago, home Philly, at Arizona, home San Francisco. There is a world in which they're 14 and 0 and we're in this whole should they go for it or rest their starters? And yep. I gotta be honest, one of the reasons I love this Rams team is they they give zero fucks. And when right. they're up by 20, they go for touchdowns. They go for the kill constantly. I do not see this team uh, scaling back when they're fourteen and zero and like playing the backup QB. That is not happening. I, I think they That's have a real chance. Four games though that are uh, Tough potentially ones. troublesome at New Orleans, uh, Kansas City, and Mexico. At Detroit, I'll even throw in there, and I don't know at Chicago. Yeah, they're winning all those games. Well, shit! If Stupid. that Monday, November nineteenth game. That is week 11, so they could be 10-0 mm-hmm. and 0 playing KC on a Monday night. It's a pretty sweet That'd game. Be great. It's a nice one. I think they did a nice job with the night schedules this year. I think they finally realized that they they really only need one good game early, late on Sundays. And then with, you know, with uh, Sunday ticket and fantasy and red zone, like, we're fine. Just give us, like, the one good game and then they throw the other crap ones in there and we can handle it. But I'd rather have the night games. Well, but then the Thursday night game is probably bad if you're going to do, do it like that. Right. Well, they, they've been able to go two for three pretty much every week with Thursday, yeah. Sunday, Monday, which has not That's always true. been the case. It's a good point. But the, the fact that they could flex so early, like if they had to have the Niners Rams today, that that's was supposed to be the oh my Sunday God. night game. So the flexing helps. That would have been awful. All right. The watchables. I have three. First one, bears, jets, Kind of enjoy both of these teams. Jets are fun to watch. Got to be honest. Enjoy the Jets. Darnold, would you rather have Darnold or Baker right now? I like Darnold. I'm a Darnold guy. I think the Vikings got on them early. It was smart. Thielen scored right away. And it was hard for the Jets to come back after that. Plus, the Vikings are just better. And uh, I think Lombardi or someone said they've only allowed five third down conversions in the last like three weeks, which is insane. I'd rather have Darnold for this season, and I don't. I don't have an opinion yet on long term. I don't think Baker's been very good. I actually thought he was going to get pulled at halftime today. He I texted you that the Browns face the bottom five pass defenses in the next five weeks, and uh, Baker definitely didn't expose that Tampa Bay today for sure. No, Tampa does have a good pass rush, and they don't really have anything else. Uh, I have Bears by six and a half for this game over the Jets at home. You're going to get this. I had a. Uh, Three. I went low there, mm. and it's five and a half. I think there's some upside with this Bears team. I still, I said this to you last week. I still don't feel like they know who they are offensively with this Tariq Cohen, Jordan Howard thing. I think they should just be ball control, play action, um, scrambling. Like Mitch, Mitch just should be taken out of the equation as much as they possibly can. And right. I, Tariq Cohen is not an every down guy. Um, I, I, there's a different I, I like version that. of this I team like, I want to watch. I don't like Trubisky giving this many points, but dare we say this could be a teaser? There's a lot of teaser games this week. I'm going to warn you. True or false, you you asked me if I wanted to uh, parlay the Jaguars with you today. <laughs> I did. That was a bad That was a bad pick. Did you, par- did you actually you did parlay them? I did, but I didn't, I didn't do it as much as what we did for everything else, thankfully. 
And what did I text you back? You don't trust Bortles. I said, I can't, I can't do Bortles anymore. I know, but I need so, to remind you of something. We bet yeah. the Jaguars to win the division, and it wasn't long ago. We bet them like three weeks ago to win the division. Oh, after so that you, Pats game. You're going to have to trust them at some point. Well, sir, we get, sir, oh, this is a good time to talk about this. Sir Blake Bortles next week in London. They got to bring him back. Mm-hmm. The guy's lights out in London. Can't bench him in London. <laughs> it's the best quarterback in London history. He can't, can't take the baton out of the conductor's hands. That's true. Jesus. All right. Uh, Steelers, Browns. Wait. Oh, you're not going to know that. I thought you were doing that game. That's not a watchable or anything? No, that guy, that is barely. We'll get to them. All right, I, we'll get I don't there. Think, the Jaguars cannot be in the watchables when uh, they had to bring in. Who's that? Who's the guy they brought in? Cody? It was Kessler, right? Cody Kessler. Yeah. But you yeah. can't, you're not in the watchables with Cody Kessler. I'm sorry. All right. Steelers, Browns. First time these two played, it was magnificent. Mm-hmm. Just flat out magnificent. I loved it. Now we're getting the rematch. Steelers coming off a bye. I have the Steelers favored by seven over Hugh Jackson and the Browns. I thought it would be higher. I said nine. You're, you're right, though. It's seven and a half. I think mm. this is a nice teaser game. I think, is Bell back? I thought he was supposed to come back after the bye, but now I heard week nine. So I don't know. I don't know either. But they can't lose this game. They can't, but I I, I don't like when the uh, the division teams have played They've already had a close game and now it's happening again. And you rarely see the uh, like a blowout in the second game. You know what I mean? I feel like it's going right. to be tight. It is the Browns, though. Third one, Panthers-Ravens. Um, it's in Carolina. I just want to commend Joe Flacco for a second because like five years ago, we were making jokes about how Joe Flacco's best play was the pass interference. Mm-hmm. And I think last year he really started to perfect it. And now this year it's his go-to move is to try to just get the pass interference and fourth and <laughs> seven, fourth and 11. He strategically throws it in ways that the guy, the receiver's turning into the D back. And I, I think he's another artist. I really do. He's like, like a smarter Eli Manning. He really he, is the way he does it. It's so good. It's really like, it, I think they must call it a play, right? They must call it like, yeah. PI 34 or something. That said, like that. that last drive before the missed extra point, and I, I feel bad for Justin Tucker because he, he, yeah. he's probably still staring at those goalposts. His first missed extra point in his career, over uh, 222 attempts or something. But yeah. Flacco's drive down there was effortless. Like everybody was open. That John Brown is like, he's uncoverable sometimes. Yeah. He's and, been uh, on everyone's fantasy team. Yeah. They were good. You know, I saw on Corolla's Instagram, he had an interesting theory that I hadn't heard before. That they should raise the goalposts. <laughs> Corolla he thinks the goalposts. <laughs> he thinks the goalposts aren't high enough. Apparently, I haven't heard this before. So apparently, was <laughs> long, he's high enough. Longer <laughs> goalposts. Was that so? He did uh, the whole ran again today. Oh yeah, because there were two of them that were close. Like that one was close, and then some, I think Canzaro's missed field goal, or so something else was like right there too. What do people do when he's raining about the goalposts? Do they just like go to the bathroom? What do they do? Yeah, we do. Do a they lot listen? Of stuff like that. You put on like AirPods, start yeah, different we, conversations. <laughs> we go. We each run into the the garage and we hide in a classic uh, Paul Newman car. And then we <laughs> then we sneak our head out to see until if he's done. He, yeah. Until he's done. Uh, <laughs> all right, Panthers uh, home for the Ravens. I had the Panthers by three against Baltimore. I think it's a three. I had the same thing. Yeah. What the hell's going on here? The Ravens are favored by one. 
this goes back to what I was saying to you before. The Panthers, it's a little smoke and mirrorsy. They, they've they're four and two. The Ravens I know, are four and three they, on the road. If you, it just feels like they can't put together a complete game. Yeah, and that they play well in spurts, and maybe maybe that's part of it. I don't know why the Ravens should be favored though. What, what have we that much? I mean, so on a new, so Ravens would be favored. I don't on a neutral field, they'd be favored by seven, or at home, they'd be favored by seven. I don't get this. I don't know that. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. Let's take a break to talk about Red Dead Redemption Two. This ad came on TV today when we were watching football. Nephew Kyle like let out like a what was that a grunt? It was. Uh, <laughs> He's ready. Can't wait. Rockstar Games, creators of the critically acclaimed and record-breaking Grand Theft Auto series Woo! that I once finished once upon a time back when I played video games regularly on my treadmill. I finished Grand Theft Auto, I think Miami. But yeah, it happened on my treadmill walking 4.8 miles an hour. Well, they're back with their latest blockbuster, Red Dead Redemption 2. Kyle loved Red Dead Redemption 1. Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption 2, an epic tale of horror and loyalty set in the dying days of America's outlaw era, told across the deepest and most expansive rock star world to date. Kyle, why are you looking forward to this game? Because it's Grand Theft Auto in the West. I mean, what what else is there to say? It's incredible. <laughs> mail, mail, us some, mail, mail us a couple of these. Kyle could just like juggle them in his apartment as he plays at four in the morning after slices of pizza. Experience a new kind of stories. You live the life of outlaw Arthur Morgan. And Red Dead Redemption 2 uses the power of the new consoles to create an experience that's not just open, but deeper, more immersive, more inactive, interactive than ever. On sale October 26th. That's very soon that for PlayStation so soon. 4 and Xbox One. Pre-order now at rockstargames.com slash Red Dead Redemption 2 rated M for mature. Do you count? For mature? Yeah. I'm mature. And immature. <laughs> Rated M for Mature. Red Dead Redemption 2. Check it out. The Barely Watchables, five of them this week. Feels like a good week to go apple picking because, or pumpkin picking, because yeah. seven of the 14 games stink. Jags home. Oh, no, they're not home. Jags in London playing the Philadelphia Eagles, who are having one of the just most stereotypical Super Bowl hangover seasons I think we've ever seen. It's really hitting all the check marks. Bad, bad loss. I think this is an Eagles by three because of the London thing. Yeah, you get it exactly. I said Eagles by two and a half. It is three right now. I'm still, I still I feel, just feel bad for these fans. I mean, these are two of the final four teams last year, right? You're going to see the Super Bowl champ and the AFC runner up, and it's yeah. going to be a miserable game. So I picked up Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement, Corey Clement, Corey Clement, <laughs> and uh, Corey Clement, Corey Clement. Yeah. Corey Clement in uh, our fantasy league two weeks ago because I had a Jaya he went out. So I spent like $40 in auction money on those two guys. And they kind of split carries. It was hard to say who's better. So I was actually reading up on them this week and there were rumors the Eagles were going to trade for a running back. And both guys separately were like, we're fine. We've got it covered. We have the running backs right here. We don't need to trade for a running back. They were terrible today. I mean, they were combined like 30 yards rushing and we had the trade deadline coming up and I do wonder if they're going to trade for uh for a running back cuz I I don't not sure either of those guys are started they're kind of redundant too it's like they need that Yeah, uh, well who's even out there? Like, I don't I'll know. Tell you, you 
it's it's not great. So I wonder if they're going to do something, but a lot of running backs have been hurt. Can Des Bryant play running back? I don't know who uh, I get. Oh, LaShawn McCoy, but now he's hurt. I don't know who they would, would get. Des Bryant, so Des Bryant's career is over? What's going on here? Uh, what happened? He, he ran through. He said he met all the Browns on hard knocks. He hugged them all, hugged the radio guy, and then just, uh, and that was it. That I was never it. heard from him again. It was one of the best meetings he's ever had. Yeah. With Hugh Jackson. That's right. He was like, hey, man, let me ask you something. If you're down three with 50 seconds left, would you tell your quarterback to run out of bounds? Just <laughs> <laughs> ask him game management questions. Um, Bengals Bucks in Cincinnati. Bengals coming off a shellacking. And yet I still feel like they're favored by six over the Bucks. I I I'm I do believe in the Bengals a little bit. I just don't think they're in the class of the Rams and the Chiefs and the Pats and those kind of teams. But that's the only one I got exactly right, and you get it right too. It is minus six. Yeah. I'll tell you who's not good is Jameis. Yeah, he really looked lazy. He's just he, not he good. looked like Bad, bad sideline throws. Everyone who was open had a struggle to catch the ball. He's, that was really bad. He's stupidly, uh, with the ball, he's just kind of reckless. Throws mm-hmm. terrible picks. He's just not good. He's not. He takes awful sacks. You know, two, two, two picks today. He's not good. I well, like the one, like, uh, yeah, I read the whole thing on Catanzaro, and he's like, come on, man, you're going to go out there again. You're going to go, we're going to get you out there again. It's like, yeah. Because you can't throw a touchdown pass. That's why you have to kick this thing yeah. again. Because you just blew you third. You blew third and seven for the 19th time. Right. Lions, Seahawks, it's in Detroit. And one of these teams is probably going to make the playoffs. And we'll be making fun of yeah. that it's the Saturday shaky playoff games with the Lions or the <laughs> Seahawks. It's, you can lock that down now. The Lions running back is really good. And I think cannot be ruled out for a rookie of the year. With carry on Johnson? Yeah. I don't think you can rule them out. Guys, excited. I him and I dropped him and I did a bunch of stuff with. Yeah, yeah. So he's probably going to win it. You dropped him in our league or the other league? I, I can't even keep track anymore. I must have dropped him in the other league. Oh, that's not smart. He's good. He's good at football. I have the Lions by three and a half over the Seahawks. I said three and a half. Also, only two and a half. Hmm. Interesting. So that that's the old. Uh, Maybe Vegas feels like the Lions are due to lose a really dumb game. I mean, it has been like a month for them. Or they're maybe waiting for, expecting Seattle to get their shit together one of these weeks, right? Mm. Are they coming off a bye? They didn't play this week, did they? Seahawks didn't play now. Yeah. Chiefs home against the Denver Broncos who put up 32 points for your defense and you still didn't win. They scored almost... (laughs) Half of your points this week in fantasy. Not enough of a lead, apparently. I think this goes to nine and a half, but not ten. Chiefs Broncos. You say nine and a half? Nine and a half. All right, I'm gonna think about this. Now it's nine and I said eight and a half. So I don't want to screw up. I think we both get it. <laughs> we split that one. Don't <laughs> screw that up. Yeah. How much does it matter that the Broncos really should have beat them two, three Monday nights ago? Demarius Thomas is wide open. I think it matters. It's like what I said to you earlier. I think that second time with the division teams, mm-hmm. you know, there's no surprises anymore and you kind of know what doesn't work. And it always seems like it pulls them a little closer. That or, said, the, the Chiefs are winning this and the Rams are winning their game, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to keep teasing and parlaying. Mm-hmm. And then one week, 
we're going to get kicked in the teeth by one of those two teams. And we're going to be like, why didn't we see this coming? It's going to be awesome. Redskins at the Giants. I have the Redskins favored by two and a half points at the Giants. Yeah, you're going to get it. I went the full three because they've been so, so bad, the Giants. But it is only one point, only a one-point favorite. Would you rather have Saquon Barkley or Baker Mayfield? I don't know about that. I, I would take Darnold over. We discussed Darnold over Barkley last week. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure about Baker yet. I'm not either. What would you say? So they could have taken Darnold at one and the Giants still, do the Giants take Baker at two or do they take Saquon no matter what they were taking Saquon? It seemed like they were taking Barkley no matter what. Hmm. I like Nick Chubb. I actually think it probably worked out for the Browns. I do like Saquon though. Do you think the Giants, because we don't usually talk about the Monday game, what do they do? They lay down for the Falcons, but then come to play against Washington. They have one, one, one good game in them in the next uh, eight days or seven days, right? Well, when does Atlanta have the game where they win like 47 to 10 over somebody and people say, you know, starting yeah. to heat up Atlanta. And then they score 10 points next week. I just think it's too easy at three and a half. Now the Falcons, that line's down to. Man, be, are you going to unlock it in tomorrow and locking this in? There you go. Is that what's going to happen? I might. I'm the king. I won again. So uh, let's you're, see. You're the best. Do whatever I want. Great job by you. The poop fecta. There's two beauties. This is really like the semifinals of the poop fecta ball. First off, the Colts at the Raiders. Colts, uh, I have them favored by one and a half. In oh, Oakland. come on. I think you just clinched the week because I needed the next four to win and we tied there. I said uh, plus one and a half, it's plus one. Colts favored by one at Oakland. I, I've been saying to you every week on the pod that I believe in a Colts. I actually think that's the team that could win the uh, AFC South because they've been so banged up. They started at one and four. They had bad luck, but now they're starting to get guys back. And Well, they're two and five. That, that, so what does that put them two games behind? They're two and five, but they're only two behind the Texans. Yeah, and they play them. They must play them. But I think like nine and seven is going to, they need to get to, need to go seven and two the rest of the way. Is that realistic? I guess not. Mm -hmm. Man, they're already out of it at two and five. Maybe eight and eight gets that division. Maybe. I mean, that Mac ran for 126 yards today. Like maybe they have a good, different identity. T.Y. Hilton starting to score. The defense is playing tough. I don't know. It's hard to say. That Bills team was a wreck today. This game is really bad. The cards are uh, are home, and they're playing the 49ers. And I promise you I'm not going to watch one minute of this game. <laughs> I have the Cardinals by three. I have the Cardinals by two, and Vegas said, F this, you people figure it out. They made it a pick them. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, they played a couple weeks ago, and Arizona won in San Francisco, right? Wow, that seems like an overreaction at Denver game. Sunday yeah. night. This is a nice one. Viking Saints. You'll see the, uh, what do we call the play? The down, the, the Stefan Diggs play? The, what'd they name it? What was the nickname after the fact? The play? What do you mean? That the miracle touchdown last year. Oh, right, right, right. It had some name. I can't remember. What did they call it? The Minnesota Miracle? Yeah, something. It was Minneapolis? Something like that. So they're back. Vikings home. And I think they're favored by three. I think these two teams are even. 
You're not even going to want to watch the uh, Red Sox there. You're going to want. You're going to watch this game, aren't you? I, I won't see a lot of this game. I said Vikings by three. Also, only one and a half. Vegas is, is sick of getting beat up by the Saints at home or on the road. Hmm. Monday night, Pat's home. I'm, I'm sorry, Pat's in Buffalo. And uh, I really wanted to go to like 14 and a half on this and just couldn't do it because Barner is our running back. So I went to 13 <laughs> with the underdog scrappy pass. This is ridiculous. It's the most We've an underdogs ever been favored. Hold on. How many did we tie? One, two, three, four. Yeah, doesn't matter. It adds up to an Five, hour for six. Tied six games. I said 13 also, and it is 13. 13. I don't think it's enough. What is Derek Anderson going to do to this team? Well, you know why they had to do it that way because um, the, the tell ten, me, I don't know. Ten point three team tees. They right. didn't. It really probably should be twelve and a half or twelve, but they don't want you to tease the Pats down to two or two and a half. Well, why should it be 12, ten? I mean, the, the Bills just lost by forty to the, a Colts team that one has two wins. They lost by thirty-two. Um, Derek Anderson got. I don't know. He got some good reps. He actually wasn't awful until his first interception. I think it was 11 for 14. But everything was underneath. Yeah. So I win the week. That's it. Yeah. You you smoked me this week. Good job by you. Everything's coming up roses for you. Red Sox, Patriots. I don't know. The Bruins, have they lost the game? Um, with Boston hasn't lost like all week. Yeah. I don't know what happened in college though. Let's uh, let's actually talk about the World Series and the odds and all that, and then uh, we'll do a little parent corner. But first, one more break. Hey, once upon a time, okay, in two thousand nine, two guys from Massachusetts set out to make the perfect tea—a tea that felt like an old favorite from day one. Perfectly broken in, absurdly soft. Nine years later, they built a brand around those absurdly soft shirts called Marine Layer. Now, in addition to super soft tees, they're making Henleys, pants, jackets, sweaters—you name it. All designed in their workshop in San Francisco, all incredibly soft, mainly because of the micromodal that's found in Marine Lair's signature fabric made from recycled beechwood, which also makes their California-made tees sustainable and eco-friendly. They mailed me some. They're as soft as advertised. So soft, like a baby's bottom. I like the shirts. I like wearing a nice soft, nice soft shirt, just comfortable. Hang out on the couch with it. For 15% off your first order, visit marinelayer.com and enter promo code BS at checkout. There's free shipping and returns on all U.S. orders, so you've got nothing to lose. That's marinelayer.com and enter promo code BS for 15% off your first order. All right, Sal. Red Sox-Dodgers. I remember we watched this one the last time these two teams played in 1916. <laughs> the Brooklyn Robins, the Red Sox. I looked it up. Uh, I tweeted about this over the weekend. The deciding game five, the Red Sox won that series, and it took an hour and 43 minutes to play. Wow. This is wow, coming this off. podcast is longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> this was Dave Roberts, uh, five innings with Dave Roberts and Craig Council. <laughs> Hench, Hench was pretty passionate about this point, so I want to credit him, even though more other people had made it. But I really think... I don't think people really cared that much about the Milwaukee Dodgers series. The NBA was starting. Uh, I don't feel like it was a series that captured the nation. I'm not sure if people argue about baseball and break it down the same way anymore. I think the diehards do, but 
Um, mm-hmm. The 13 inning game, if that had had, like the Brewers haven't, haven't uh, been in the World Series since 1982. And I'm not, I'm pretty sure they haven't won a World Series since 54. Is it possible? Right? 1954 for them? Was that it? Yeah. The Braves? I, I don't Milwaukee know. Milwaukee Braves, you mean? The AL yeah. Brewers have never won. I think this, the city of Milwaukee, they won, I think, in 54. Right. Um, if If my team was up 2-1 in game four, and that game went extra innings, and then in the 13th inning with a guy on second and Bellinger up and the catcher on deck who had made 75 defensive mistakes and was a shell of himself and only batted one more time in the series. He's on deck, followed by a pitcher, I think. And they pitched to Bellinger over walking him and bringing Grandel up. I, I, that would haunt me for the rest of my life. That was awful. Yeah. And they end up the so now it's two two and they lose the series in seven. But and Grandel was terrible. Like he you was just terrible. Have to pitch around the, the hot batters. But I, I, it was a weird thing with the Dodgers because between that game and Game Four, they were like two for twenty five with runners in scoring position, and you thought they were just going to go away because that it's tough for teams to come out of that, especially National League teams, to battle out of that offensively. And uh, they did just that. I just lost all all confidence in Craig Council and anything he was doing. Like he pitched Wade Miley, one batter. Like I, that I, don't know, I don't know what it just does to anyone's confidence. Yeah. That, I, it just seemed like it was the overmanaging Olympics and nobody won. They were, they mm-hmm. use like 80 pitchers in seven games. Even oh, that yeah. went through everybody. They brought in, he brought in Kershaw in the ninth of game seven with the four run lead, which seemed curious, but I actually, I think he was just trying to build his confidence a little bit. Cause he had another up and down postseason, probably wanted him to have right. a, Happy now, how, how nervous are you? Let me just say, the, the, it opened at Red Sox minus 130. Now they're minus 155. You're getting the public backing. Sale was going game one with the, with the belly tattoo. How uh, nervous are you that Kershaw is going to write the ship at this point and win a couple games? It's going to be a better series than you think. Well, they have two good starters, right? Kershaw and Bueller. Mm-hmm. Our team... Rue is pretty good, too. Right. But those two, I, I think, are pretty proven at this point. Even Kershaw mm-hmm. takes a lot of shit. It's not like he's a bad starter. I mean, he's odds are he's going to be good. At he's the best pitcher of our generation, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So when when he doesn't pitch that well, people have a heart attack because he's the best right. pitcher of our generation. But he's still Clayton Kershaw. We have Chris Sale, who was in the hospital on Monday, who pitched four innings last round, who I've heard various rumors and. His story was a belly button ring. I don't know what to believe. I I am a subscriber to the took inflammatories for the shoulder and they ruined his stomach and gave him, you know, when you take too much of something and it like Mm -hmm. eats up the lining, something happened. I mean, he looked skinnier. He didn't look right. But we don't really have a reliable starter that I completely 100% trust. We have guys who pitch pretty well. Evaldi's pitch well. The closer... Um, was just getting shelled, Kimbrell. And then allegedly they figured out he was tipping his pitches, which on the face of it doesn't necessarily explain why he um, was up 3-0 on every batter. But then people mm-hmm. are saying if he's tipping off his uh, his cutter, people lay off it. And when you lay off it, that's why he's falling behind in counts. I don't know what to believe anymore. All I know is he looked a little bit better in the last game. He did give up a warning track thing, but... My point is, I'm not sure they should be favored by this much over the Dodgers because the other part of this is, uh, 
it's the DH uh, goes away in three, four, five. They're going to either mm-hmm. have to play Mookie Betts at second, or they're going to have to play JD. They're playing JD in the outfield either way, but they're going to have to bench whatever. And their outfield defense was the biggest reason I thought they won the last series. And then the other thing I'll mention the the home field advantage. You've been to these East Coast late October games. Like, I looked at the weather. I'm going back for one and two. Um, it's going to be like 40 degrees. Everyone's wearing like heavy coats and mittens. I remember going to yeah. the Red Sox Cardinals in 04 and it was freezing. And it's like, that is not an electric crowd. Everyone's right. everyone's like bundled up. It's just kind of, it's kind of weird, actually. It's like playing the game in a cemetery. Um, and then, and then something happens to the bats the third week in October. Like yeah. It really just. It's, it's there's a weird vibe. I, I just don't feel like it's a home field advantage. Am I crazy or do you believe that as well? No, and the two three two is baseball the only is the last sport that does two three two? Mm-hmm. It is, right? Yeah. yeah. But I, I still think you want game six at home. I would say the yes. Red Sox in four, uh Red Sox in six is four to one. Yeah. Kind of like that. That's what I would go with. Well, Halloween is uh game seven. That's game seven? Was that a two? You know, Halloween's my favorite. My favorite day. That is also the 40 year anniversary of when Michael Myers came home. Oh, my son's birthday is the next day. It, I, right. I feel like it's going to go seven just because God's going to try to make my head explode that day. <laughs> but um, yeah, the home, the home field advantage thing when it's 40 degrees in your stadium. I, I don't know. I don't know how that's. I feel like that's a neutral advantage. The the question for well, me is the Dodgers not used to playing a ton of cold weather games, obviously, and then. Thrown in that situation, right. I don't know. Uh, just, I like that you and Hench have made the Dodgers the Yankees West. They're they're now the villains. Who you hate, Machado? Who, who else do you hate? Who oh else? God, no. Machado is the least favorite Red Sox opponent of this day. He replaced A Rod. He's the four time right. winner of the A Rod Award for most hated Red Sox opponent. He took mm-hmm. out Pedroia. He's done a whole bunch of shit. We don't like Manny, and then uh, we don't like Manny to the point that when there are rumors they might trade for him, like there was <laughs> message board stuff and arguments about. Do we want this guy in our team? Like he was like a serial killer. He was always just mm-hmm. like, he's dirty. He's <laughs> and not you don't like killer. Puig? Well, nobody well, likes Puig. Who likes Puig? <laughs> Who are the Puig yeah. defenders? No, I like it. You listed like four guys though on that group text. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting now. And I think, uh, and Turner, easy to dislike. Turner, you don't like, yeah. Yeah. So. Because um, he does the beard thing and you guys, your Red Sox would never, you know. No, we would never do that. They grow, no, grow no. a beard. It's like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> And then Jen, Jansen's fun to root against. I don't know. Yeah, he's fun. Like when he comes in. I yeah. think it'll be I, good. You guys, I can't believe, like, the Astros beat you up psychologically after that game one, and Kimbrell was shat. Like, teams don't come back from that. And like I said, the Dodgers, they came back from, like, not knocking anybody in, in scoring position. It, it's, it's a little strange that both these teams are, are here, even though they're probably the best each league has to offer. I actually kind of thought we were going to get swept after game one. Because really? with the way Sale was pitching and the way Kimbrough was pitching, it just didn't seem realistic. But, you got um, such a bonus start at a price. I mean, we did spectacular, and we and it really was one of those series where we probably got like fifteen of the top eighteen breaks, mm. right? Like what when when you have something like Altuve hits a home run into the stands, and our right fielder goes to catch it, and somebody hits his glove and it goes in. He, you usually don't get that call or so whoever gets that call, it's usually a good sign for that team for the series. It was a lot of that stuff. Right. I thought the Astros are really good, but you know, their bullpen really let them down. I just didn't think uh, they really only had one pitcher. They totally trusted. 
Um, yeah, it's going to be a good one. I think it should be relatively even. Would be, I I think it should be like Red Sox, like minus one twenty five, minus one thirty would be what lower I, than that. Yeah, yeah, some something like that. Who do you, who are you picking? I'm going to take the Red Sox in six. I like that four to one. I think that's a good spot for them. Maybe they're up three one. They lose game five in, in L.A. and then they're up. Uh, they go home and close it out. Let me tell you, our friend Daniel stands to lo- win a lot of money if the Red Sox uh, oh, no. win the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> he does that World I'm Series. I'm mentioning that for tax purposes. In case the IRS that's for he's sappiest Red Sox better every year, and somehow they've won three World Series since '04 and possibly a fourth. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, the Red Sox are not the underdog, but the Patriots. I really want you to think about that after we no, hang up. But the underdog potential of the New England Patriots. All right, I'll think. You know what? I'll think about it. Par- think about what do you got for Parent Corner for me? I don't have a lot because uh, I was away all week. I was in Brooklyn, so and I didn't see a lot of the kids today. I got home yesterday, but uh, I know my ten-year-old is quitting Taekwondo. Oh no! Why? What happened? Go. That's it. He just he decided he doesn't want to do it, and he uh, he has a cough every time he has to go to a lesson. He has a cough. It's amazing. You wouldn't believe it. Um, and now, so he wants to quit and he wants to take golf lessons, which is like giving your cat golf lessons. Like he's going to hit it. He's going to hit the ball like six yards every time. That's it. He's. <laughs> Wait a second. How many That's belts? Was, how many belts was he up to? He set probably six belts. Like blue is like the sixth belt. And he breaks the boards. All right. But you know, his, his heart isn't it. And like I said, he gets a cough every time he has to go practice. So. Uh, It's a conditional cough. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) What happens when you're in Brooklyn for, with Kimmel show all week, what happens on that Saturday? What's your wife's reaction to you when you, when you waltz back through the door after a week of eating all this free food that Jimmy gets? So happy to see me. I mean, just, just delighted at whatever, uh, whatever I picked up at the airport three minutes before I boarded for everybody. No, (laughs) I don't, you know, it's it's me. (laughs) I take care of everything from there on. Kyle, it's not a good thing. Kyle, do you have a parent corner about either of my kids for this week? Anything jumping out of you? I wish I did. I don't know. We could skip. Were it. Very you know, people think uh, we make these things up. Like I, I've got notes that Simmons is purposely becoming a C minus parent just to, so that he could have a story for uh, Sunday night. Oh. I was like, well, that's not really fair. These are really these did are I, actual stories. Did I do the one about the adult voice coming from Ben's Fortnite? Have I done I that one yet? So. Oh, let's do that one. So, you know, Ben's playing Fortnite in his room and usually it's like him and his moron friends and they're playing duos and they're talking. They FaceTime each other and they play duos or they play squads and they're like, let's go over to Snobby Shores or whatever. And they go and they conspire and they try to beat these other people who are online. So mm-hmm. I'm used to hearing like these little boys' voices and dude, come on, oh, oh, oh. So I'm walking by his door and I hear what I thought was an adult voice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the hell is that? So I go in and I'm like, who is that? It's like, dad. I'm like, I just heard a guy's voice who, who you know, cause he has, my son has the headset on and he can talk right. to people and they can hear him. And I'm like, who is the guy? And he's like, it's my Fortnite trainer. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean Fortnite training? And he's like, I, I'm like, are you paying him? 
because you don't have any money. You don't have a credit card. Like, what's going on? And I thought you were going to say it was Kenjin Barner. <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> wow, all right. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, and he's not paying him. It was just this guy who's helping him out with Fortnite. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, how'd you meet this guy? And he goes, I met him online playing Fortnite. <laughs> no. And I'm like, no. what is happening? So needless to say, uh, Ben has some random adult online who's helping him with Fortnite. I'm going to say it's a concern. I don't know. It just seems concerning. <laughs> Maybe I'm crazy. It's not that great. Yeah. It's, it's not, not great, great, right? A stranger who's decided to befriend a 10 year old who plays video, they can play video games together. And made up a title like Fortnite trainer. I don't know. Fortnite trainer. (laughs) Is this what Michael Jackson would have done in 2018? Like, is this how he would have met people? I don't know. I don't like it. So anyway, uh, Ben's Fortnite trainer is no longer with us. Uh, So so you, but you banned him from, uh, from interacting with this gentleman. Unless Ben is cheating with, with uh, on me with and lying to me and still in contact with the adult for well, you know, so you're, you're going to end up having to get him an actual trainer, aren't you? <laughs> Maybe if you take Taekwondo, no, I no, a, an actual Fortnite trainer. I, I mean, these things are big, and I, I used to think it's stupid, and then I see how much money you could win in these tournaments. Like, well, maybe this is like anything else where you know, if you could get good at it, it is worth it. Yes, people win like 500 grand, yeah. I have one more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double up. I know you have to go, but I also have an uncle corner this week. Oh. For nephew Kyle. Um, we had, we had suspected that he might be sort of back together with the, with the ex. Right. And, uh, Damon was over and some, I read spilled between the, the lines of some story and he kind of spilled the beans and nephew Kyle is, uh, is not out of the woods yet. doesn't seem like, but that's not the nephew corner. We He's started, back with her. She saw the tattoo and she took him back. Yeah, something happened. Hmm. So they were explaining to me what Bumble is. Do you know what Bumble is, Sal? I this did is, know. This is now my I episode forgot. of Uncle Corner. So okay. Bumble is like Tinder, except the women are in control right. and they control the interaction. So it operates the same way as Tinder, except you can swipe whatever way to tell whoever that you think they're cute or whatever the hell happens with, the, mm-hmm. with these crazy youngsters. And, uh, and then they, you can hear from them in 24 hours and end up like getting together. But the women are in control. Bumble. It eliminates rejection, which is nice. It eliminates rejection. Uh, Damon was a big fan of the Bumble scene in LA. Oh yeah. And really? He's, he's on like three others that he's not even letting you know about. So yeah. He hit it, the ground running for sure. If we ever have a, a, what are these called? Are they called dating apps dating or something apps. more I think, nefarious? I think that's what they're called, dating apps. Yeah. All right. Well, he what, enjoys. What is it? What's the quality like uh, compared to on both sides, men and women, compared to Tinder? Uh, I'm not sure. I think you just got to be careful in Hollywood. You just really got to be careful in Hollywood. <laughs> that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Savan, uh, he met some lady, but it turned out it was a male Fortnite trainer, and freaked <laughs> out. You can tell by the handshake. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Bumble. There's this whole world going on that we just never experienced. Where you just you just go on a website, you swipe a couple times, and the next thing you know, you just show up. Next thing you're at a Starbucks meeting somebody. I don't That's get it, great. Sal. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what God did to us to decide that we had to be born 20 years too early and missed all this. Well, between pointless golf lessons and Fortnite trainers, we, we better hit one of these teasers coming up. <laughs> Well, good job by us today, though. We did all right today, except for yeah, that uh, was nice. Sir that Blake nice Bortles. Uh, Sal, what do you got to plug? 
Uh, lock it in Monday through Friday, live 4.30, 5.30 Eastern time. Also, I don't even know if you know this. I'm doing the pregame show for the college, uh, Fox Sports College. I was on actual Fox Sports Channel 11 um, this week with your buddy, Rob Stone. Yeah. And uh, Matt Leinart and uh, Coach Wanstad and Robert Smith. So that's fun. You did it once losers. or you're doing it every Saturday? I'm doing it every week, I think, until they fire me. I mean, I really? gave them two losers last week, so who knows if they're bringing me back. But, uh, and Jimmy Kimmel Live, Monday through Friday, 1135 on ABC. I have a quick uh, Cousin Jimmy corner. Go ahead, yeah. So, I, I mean, he's a very wealthy, successful guy by all accounts, right? Oh, Go, he's got to have $35 million in the I, Who knows how much money he has? It's an insane <laughs> amount. His... He he's done so well that his agent is the wealthiest person either of us know, James right. Vidal Dixon. So whenever he goes on a road trip, so this time he went to Brooklyn for a week, and people send him free food, and then he takes Instagram pictures with it. It's mm-hmm. like he's it, it it's like he's Vince Young. You, right. You're not with me. <laughs> it's like he like he's I don't know. Hervé Villachez. Do do well, we, uh, here's what happened. I'll explain to you. What okay, happens. please so do. This, yeah, no, well, this is what happens. So they, they, someone will send food, and then Jimmy will mention it, or he'll, he'll tweet it, or something. He'll thank them because it's either, either he thanks them on Instagram or Twitter, or has to mention it on the show. And then by Friday, there's like 25 different eateries sending food, and it's just disgusting. Like I, I don't even drink, and I felt like such crap getting on that plane to come back because we had to eat. They have no self control at yeah. all. You have to eat every single thing they send you. Uh, you have to try it at least. So it's, it's like cookie dough in a jar. And then there's just like six different kinds of pizzas and then like uh, sausage <laughs> and pepper sandwiches. It goes on and on and on. So yeah, he's just, but, the the Instagram thing is to thank them versus um, spending 20 minutes on air. Thanking them. Yeah. But you realize that we have Instagram advertising and usually like people, when it's a famous person, you oh, know, there, there's like standards and stuff, but, all you have to do is send Jimmy like a medium pepperoni pizza and he'll take an Instagram picture with it. <laughs> he realizes he hosted the Oscars two years in a row, right? He doesn't care. This it's, is his reward. This is like Gallagher. <laughs> he, he, Gallagher he, he would be taking Sicilian slices. Gallagher goes. would take pictures with Sicilian pizza slices. Not, not the two-time <laughs> Oscars host. I detect a tiny bit of jealousy, but uh, we should have brought jealousy. Yeah. This is a tiny bit. <laughs> So, uh, you know what? I'm in, I should just give my address here and maybe people in LA will just send us food. I'll take Instagram pictures with it. Yeah, but you're not doing a glutton that. like the rest of us. Like they, <laughs> Joe House should do that. House Joe House should, should sure do, do that. Should, all yeah. right, so I'll, I'll do Joe House as a test case. He'll just let it out to the D.C. area. Of course. That's great. Do you, so, But Jimmy <laughs> won't take the pictures with the food in L.A. It's only when he's on the road. That's how he explains uh, it to it's, me. It's, it's not as big a deal. I don't know why. No, he takes Instagram pictures. What are you supposed to take? Everyone takes food pictures, don't they? Well, but it was just for three days. He's just him and pictures of different pizza slices. It's like 40, <laughs> 40 pictures. It's like, here's me and a meatball sub from Johnny's in Brooklyn. Here's me in a calzone. Uh, you know what? They Next time me this. we're going to invite you. I this think he gets Cody sad. points. I think he this gets Cody points sad. for this. <laughs> You're going to be invited. Next How does time. he not get Cody points? I hate how bitter you are about this. We're gonna have. We're gonna get you some pizza. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cuz we'll talk to you next week. Good job by you. Good job by you. 
All right. Thanks to the cuz. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to the ringer.com and the ringer podcast network. Don't forget to listen to the ringer NBA show and the ringer NFL show, getting you up to date with all the goings on, including uh, the big fight in the Lakers Rockets game this weekend. God, we didn't talk to Sal about that. What am I doing? Thanks to Red Dead Redemption 2 from the creators of Grand Theft Auto 5 comes Red Dead Redemption 2, an epic story of honor and loyalty set in the dying days of America's outlier told across the deepest and most expansive rock star world to date. Releasing for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on October 26th, Red Dead Redemption 2. Available for pre-order today at rockstargames.com slash reddeadredemption2. Rated M for mature. Thanks to FanDuel, where you get the excitement of researching and building your team each week, regardless of the outcome. Plus, tons of ways to play, like the Gridiron Pick'em Contest, where you just pick winners, no spreads. 10K split amongst the top pickers. I've tried other DFS sites. If you're not a fantasy expert, FanDuel, clearly the place to play. New users get a $5 bonus when they make their first deposit. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash BS. Next time you hear from me, I will be in a cold but lovable Boston, Massachusetts, aka the 617. Until then.